guys. So we are at the final countdown. I wonder if you guys can hear me. I'm going to check. Can people hear me now? Um, I kind of on the fly set this up really quickly. I was supposed, I have a meeting actually in about an hour and 15 minutes. So I still wanted to come on, uh, though earlier than my normal hour, uh, to kind of just give you a little bit of, uh, insight is what we are seeing, uh, because something that we spoke about in the summer a lot is that it is very very important that we stay true to our gut. That independent uh, feeling that you get uh, when things arise. And it is very important that you rely on your gut. You have to be, it's very important that you focus on what you believe is exactly happening. Not what someone else is telling you, not what, you know, the person with the big following, not what CNN, CBS, Faux News, OAN, Newsmax, ABC, no, it's what's, what speaks to you. And that's really, really important that we focus on ourselves to have that discernment. Now, many times we've talked about the demoralization of our nation, uh, the fact that we've been walking around with our mouths open, waiting for someone to feed us information and tell us how to think, how to dress, how to look, how to eat, how to, you know, act in public, how to raise our kids, how to drive a car. Tell, 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 right? So what you must do is follow your own inner guidance. And that comes in faith. Faith in yourself, most of all, but just to have faith. Now, there are so many people out there right now that are buying into exactly what they're selling. They are flexing their muscles and telling you just how strong they are. Look at us. We stole everything. We're doing it right under your noses and you can't do anything. CNN is telling you that you need to be locked up because you're going to die. Well, now President Trump said, well, there's a vaccine, so open it back up. Since we got a vaccine, you can't lock people up. And what are they doing about the elections? Where you can pretty much have someone that speaks no English that isn't even from this country, that could be about the age of five, in some mountain village in Uzbekistan. And you show them the video from Georgia, and they'll tell you there's been some insane stuff going on. It looks like theft. They'll tell you that. So um, I wanted to tell you guys, uh, the Women for America First, Jennifer Lawrence, Amy Kremer, Kylie Kremer, great women. It seems like conservative women are a force to be reckoned with. Uh, they have been on a bus tour across America, inspiring people and uh, pretty much telling them, hey, we're here. Don't listen to the media. We're in charge. We are many. They are few. It was so much fun 
to just, uh, you know, have a chat with these people. Jennifer Lawrence, for example, me and her have been chatting for a couple of years uh, via social media. It was so awesome to just, you know, see her in person and talk with her. Uh, Kylie and Amy are amazing girls. I mean, these these are strong women. And it was so, it was a breath of fresh air. To see their Georgia natives, right? The Kremer ladies. And they're so spunky. They remind me everything. My mind is already biased to think about women from Georgia. So I'm just going to say. Now, while I was there, I uh, got to see a lot of personas that people admire or like. Um, I personally don't. But, and I did do one of those troll selfies. You all know which one I'm talking about. Uh, if you've been listening to Tori Says, you can discern that just from um, the picture. Um, I had to unblock him in order to post the picture and tag him. Because <laughs> I was like, what's the handle? Oh yeah, that's right. I blocked him. So um, it was, it was, pretty incredible. Incredible to see the crowds. Incredible to see Tori says listeners, man, I'm telling you, it was so incredible to see so many of them. Uh, it was just, and then I sat down with Ann Vandersteel and had coffee with her yesterday. I mean, that woman is gorgeous dang, right? She's like your trophy wife. And so smart, so well-spoken, and so fed up. And she's so in the know. She knows. And it's like, come on, then just tell him. Here's the deal. It had to be this way. It had to be this way. I want you guys to understand that. The only way for the people, the only way for the people to discern the truth and break that spell of this demoralization. And, oh, well, if everyone's saying it, then it's got to be true. In order for you to see it, it has to be so blatant <laughs> that you're just screaming from the mountaintop, no more. And um, Millie Weaver's face, like when she went up to speak on the steps of the Supreme Court, it was... Her face embodied the rage, the controlled rage, outrage, I would say, not rage, outrage, that every American has right now. The blatant theft. The, I'm not looking at that or going to talk about it right now. The audacity that they have. And you know, it was, it was kind of hard for her because the minute she's getting on, for some reason, Akbar and Jones wanted to appear and started shouting. But she kept it together really well. There was no one else there that was better to keep it together. And when I tell you that this Akbar guy is dangerous, he's really dangerous. And finally, the right people have seen it to themselves. Because, you know, unfortunately, we live in a society where there's trickle information, right? Even to get to me, when people communicate with me, it's kind of trickle, trickle, a little jump through here, there, there to get to me sometimes. Even email servers, right? I'm just saying. I read all my letters. I read all my emails. Um, I'm actually behind like about a month on emails. I kid you not. Um, they're all flagged and then I unflag them when I'm done. 
So the state of our nation right now is, I mean, starting today, things are going to get super hot under the collar. Things are going to be moving a lot faster than you could ever imagine. There's going to be hearings. There's going to be testimony. There's going to be announcement. There's going to be so many things happening. Man, don't make us pull that pin because we'll pull that pin. And see, the thing is, if a year ago, let's pretend a year ago, we even entertained the idea of the Insurrection Act. If you actually entertained it, just for a second, thinking, oh yeah, Insurrection Act, right? It would indeed terrify you. It terrifies me now. Knowing that we have amazing people in place, it still terrifies me. Because relinquishing control to people that see ones and zeros sometimes and don't see the in-between is terrifying. I've seen it happen before. I've seen it happen a lot. So if we talked about it a year ago, 10% of you would be on board. Two years ago, 5% of you would be on board. But if we're talking about it today, you realize that what we've been saying all along, that the military is the only way makes sense now. I mean, you can't mess with the military, can you? You can't throw dust over their eyes, can you? That's it. You can't. So we're entering into a phase of complete and utter unprecedented times, really. Uncharted waters, turbulent waters, right? But we have the best captain to steer that ship right now, and that's Donald J. Trump. President Donald J. Trump is the best person to steer us through. Now, well, many of you are like, hmm, so you're saying it had to be that way. Hmm, so you're saying the military is the only way. Hmm. Well, this was the longest, the most precise, the most perfectly organized sting operation you've ever seen in your life. There will be history books upon history books, movies upon movies. Your great-grandchildren will be writing essays about this time, and you were alive during those times. But I will tell you something with the foresight that comes with someone that travels through time. Like in a marriage, when people get married, they start to get comfortable, right? They start to get comfortable and not do their makeup. The man pulls his pants down and leaves them at the door and then walks around in his tidy whities um, uh, the no one says thank you for dinner anymore. People get comfortable. I mean, you know, because you just assume it's it's part and parcel. We're good. You know, you organize sex on a schedule and the kids aren't, you know, and I'm not saying that's boring uh, at all. But what I'm trying to express is something that everyone can relate to. That ability to be comfortable and surrender your vulnerabilities to someone else. Well, it's the same thing in society. Because right now, what will happen where we uproot this fourth unelected branch of government, we're going to have a period that is going to be looked back on as a golden age if we don't keep it like that. Because unfortunately, once we think that the mo monster has been slayed, and now we get our real media, our real TV, real radio, real print, and we have that real media, real radio, real print for 10 years. The generations that are to come are going to fall into the same pocket of trusting journalists. Stop taking part in the nation because it's going all so well.
So once the honeymoon period has effectively implanted into the generations that are upcoming into adulthood now, in 10 years of this golden age, we fall into the same pit hole to allow this to rise again. Again, I repeat, what can be fixed now can be dismantled easiest. Now, many people are discussing what's news today, what's coming out. We've got Pompeo on the mic. We've got Assange. I mean, it was about time. They controlled every facet of his organization at some point post-2016. It's super sad. A voice, it sucks that he's claimed the pardon. It really does suck. Unless he's really here, right? Because the only way to get him here is by having charges. By leaving him there, he dies in the darkness. And, 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 and you watch. I mean, I think I actually saw what I've been talking about, which is that the FBI texts between themselves that they're the ones that put the posts on WikiLeaks. Did you guys see that? I just wanted to, to say it. Now, again, remember, our job, and I'm saying it now, but I'll say it again in a few years, and I'll keep reminding you. Once this corrupt fourth unelected branch of government that you cannot remove because you never voted for, that don't have your interests, but have others, interests is removed. It's our job to make sure they never come back. And that's to make sure that we don't get comfortable. Because once we get comfortable and like, you know how people were following Fox, oh, I'm comfortable. I'm getting my news. And I was coining it over a year ago, faux Fox. You got comfortable that you had someone telling you the news, someone giving you the news. And so therefore you did not do your homework. It wasn't until they showed their interests that you decided to say, um, okay, this is a problem. And naturally, every single one of you sought to find another source of information. When, when from day one, what I've been saying is, don't even listen to me. Listen to your president. Don't listen to me. Listen to your president. What you're about to see in the next coming weeks is so insane. So insane. You're going to, I mean, you wouldn't even fathom that it gets to that point. Now, I wanted to say on air, I told you so to Patrick Berge. <laughs> Yesterday, I, was, I had the pleasure of running into the People's General. It was the first time I shook his hand and gave my name and my face right there to say hey and tell him thank you. And he embodied everything a super soldier would be. He had humility. He was assertive, right? Oh, man. And he looked way different from the way I had come across him years and years ago. He looked more serene. He didn't look angry or on guard. He looked serene. And it reminded me of that picture of our president from, I want to say 2017 in Mar-a-Lago. And I posted that where there was chaos ensuing behind him. And he just looked adorable propping his head on um, his chin on his hand, 
kind of like smirking while everyone around him was in chaos, which is exactly the sill we should have. Now, stillness doesn't mean that we don't move. And stillness doesn't mean that it's silent. Stillness is to find that solid path that you can follow, sit on, dance on, ponder on, while everything around you is chaos. Many people say that out of uh, a ordered chaos, uh, out of chaos comes order. Well, I beg to differ. The universe isn't so simple. And things aren't the way we think they are. Therefore, I say that within the chaos is order. But it is that order that you pluck on those strings to give it to you. So your stillness, your order, comes from the ability for you to perceive that order in the chaos. Have you ever heard where someone goes to someone's desk and it's like insanely messy, but it's organized chaos? I'm sure there's a lot of you right now listening saying, yep, that's my desk. It looks like that, but I know exactly where everything is. Well, that's it. Right now, in this chaos, can you see the order? I'll point out the order for you. The president's golfing. People are getting fired. The people are organized, right? Nations are silent. This is where you can see the order. This is where you can see the preliminary steps, the drum rolls. This is where you see how things are really going. When you take a step back on the moon, right, and look down, and you can see what seems to be connected. What is that solid yellow brick road that you see? Right? You see things that are solid. All of you are seeking that, um, how do you say? Stability. So the only stability you should be focused on to be receiving is from the President of the United States. He'll tell you everything you need to know. Now, before I let you guys go, because I really have to go, I wanted to talk to you about um, the rigged fraud evidence. Antrim County. So if you take a look at their forensics report, you'll see a lot of information. Russell from ASOG, right? Uh, they put together, they actually parsed up all the forensic audit um, testing of the machine. And they concluded that the system was intentionally and purposely designed with errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results. This is the conclusion. This is the conclusion. So there are 22,082 registered voters on November 3rd. On November 5th, the machine reads, right, 22,082 voters. On November 21st, it reads the same, remember, because that's when we had everything. And it shows the total cast votes. So on November 3rd, it says the total cast votes were 16,047. On November 5th, the total cast votes were 18,059. And then on November 21st, the total cast votes were 16,044. So where'd these 2,000 go? Wait. Biden apparently 
had 7,769 votes, while President Trump had only 4,509 votes. By November 5th, Biden had 7,289 votes, and President Trump had 9,783 9, votes. He won. He won that county. But on November 21st, the votes said that um, on November 21st, the votes were still 2,000 less because they kicked out 2,000 fraudulent votes. So the cl county clerk of Antrim County uh, and Secretary of State Benson of Michigan stated that the election night error, right, with this vote flip was a result of human error caused by the failure to update the Mansalona Township tabulator prior to election night for a down ballot race. That's false. That is false. The Secretary of State of Michigan made a statement on November 6 that the correct results always were and continue to be reflected on the tabulary, uh, tabulator totals tape, which she then said was the reason why they were fake. <laughs> so confused. So these errors occurred after Antrim County Clerk provided reprovisioned CF card with uploaded software for the Central Lake Precinct on November 6, 2020. This means that the statement that the Secretary of State said was false. They've been lying to you. They got caught. In Central Lake Township, there were 1,222 ballots reversed out of 1,491 total ballots cast resulting in an 81.96 rejection rate. All of the ballots were then sent to adjudication for decision by election personnel. Are you understanding what's going on here? Do you get this? Russ, in his report, says the only reason to change software after the election would be to obfuscate evidence of fraud and or correct program errors that would decertify the election. Our findings show that the Central Lake Township tabulator tape totals were significantly altered by utilizing two different program versions, a version from the 23rd of October, 2020, and a version from November 5th, 2020, both of which were software changes during an election which violates election law and not just human error associated with the Dominion election management system. So Dominion EMS systems, are not just human error, okay? It's it's that, the Dominion EMS. This is crazy. So the report was published on Deep Capture uh, by uh, Patrick Byrne, so you can, uh, you should go take a look at it. The media wants evidence. <laughs> Guys, no matter how much evidence we parade in front of the media's face, they really don't care. They won't take a look. They won't. They don't care. This was their plan to steal it, to steal it. You know, aside from the fact that they've stolen your vote, right? Which is a representative of your freedom, right? Your vote represents that you're a free person. We have people within our nation that get paid by our tax dollars that are not only working against us, but they're working for the CCP. We are at war. Now, China is just a facilitator of all the technology and the infiltration, right? But we are definitely at war. We are at war. And the people are starting to realize that. This is what's great. That they're starting to see it and understand it.
Did you know that the EMS management server was a Dell Precision Tower? I'll snap a picture of that soon. Did you know that there's a lot of uh, <laughs> COT software on that that allows people to access things? These are all things that are now coming forward to see just how intricate and how many people are involved, how many companies, how many big tech companies, how many small tech companies, how many social media companies, how many media companies, how many people, and more so, how many elected officials, people that you voted for, are in on this. If someone was to ask me, hey, Tori, who do you think is behind this? I would totally say the Republicans. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's totally true. There are so many people working against you. It's incredible. So many people are fighting against you guys. So many people. Now, I'm going to have to go, but I want to play a small clip. A clip that uh, I believe is interesting for you to listen to. Coming from a fighter, a real, real fighter. A fighter for the people like no other that I've seen. On the Epic Times, of course, the Epic Times uh, interviewed Sidney Powell, and I want you to listen to it, but the Epic Times also interviewed Scammy Davis Jr., which was so bizarre. It was so bizarre. I'll show you that video before I go. Here's Sidney Powell. Destroying evidence right and left in Georgia, in Cobb County, Gwinnett County, Fulton County. It's, it's everything from shredding ballots to wiping machines and replacing servers. All these machines should have been impounded the day after the election and, and reviewed for forensic analysis. Joining us today is attorney Sidney Powell, who has been leading election lawsuits in multiple states. On Friday, she filed emergency requests to the Supreme Court asking the justices to order officials in Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona to decertify their 2020 election results. We discuss the current status of the legal challenges she's involved in and her thoughts on the Supreme Court's rejection of the Texas lawsuit, as well as the conclusion of the Mike Flynn case. This is American Thought Leaders, and I'm Yanya Kellek. Powell, such a pleasure to have you back on American Thought Leaders. Oh, thank you, Jan. It's always great to be with you all. It's been a busy month um, for you. Um, I want to go back a little uh, before all the work that you've been doing on the election, all these lawsuits that, that you've been working on. The last time we spoke, we were actually speaking about the case that you were working on with General Flynn. And, uh, and since that time, um, this case seems to have finally been resolved. Um, there was uh, the president pardon General Flynn in a kind of historic way, as far as I can tell. And at the same time, uh, the, the judge ultimately dismissed the case. Yes, he and, still took his time to do that and wrote an opinion. He really has no basis to write because he didn't have jurisdiction to write it at the time. So we will be moving to vacate his gratuitous slam and appalling opinion because he had no jurisdiction or basis to write it. Okay, well, so exactly. So your reaction to the pardon then? Well, it's unfortunate the president had to issue it. We certainly appreciate him doing that. But if the legal system had worked the way it should have, if Judge Sullivan had been a real judge instead of a tool of Eric Holder, we wouldn't have had to have the pardon. It's an unusual pardon because it, there is, it isn't uh, of someone that's necessarily guilty here. Right. It was a pardon of innocence. 
because the judicial system did not work. It's that broken. How, how, how common is the pardon of innocence? Uh, not all that common. It's hard enough to get a pardon to begin with, but I've been very concerned over the last 20 years in particular and in, in, in writing license to lie, exposing corruption in the Department of Justice, that probably five to 10% of our current prison population is actually innocent. And another high percentage didn't have a trial fair enough to tell whether they're guilty or innocent because we have so many judges out there now that are result driven instead of applying the rule of law like it should be. And we have political prosecutions that never should have happened in this country. So actually, I'll, I'll recommend to our viewership License to Lie, uh, you know, an incredible book explaining how the, I, I guess I, I've heard it described as a prosecutorocracy or something like that. Uh, I hadn't heard that word. It's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it works. Yeah, well, that the, the prosecutors in the justice system have this incredible amount of power to, to you know, enter into pleading and so forth. Yes, and there's definitely a high number of what I would call self-interested prosecutors that have taken on a life and mission of their own and they abuse the law in the process. So I think probably you've been a little too busy to start working on this uh, re request for an order to vacate, but uh, so that's coming? Yes, that will be coming. We will move to vacate Judge Sullivan's absurd and non-jurisdiction-based decision. Okay, and so, but, and what's going to happen to Judge Sullivan now in your mind? Well, if we had all the seats in Congress that we should have had by virtue of a legitimate election, there would be enough uh, congressmen and senators to impeach him. Uh, one of the things I intend to do with defendingtherepublic.org is examine all the elections across the country that exhibited the same pattern of fraud that we know ex happened in the swing states and work to get the public and all the parties entitled to the seats they actually won by legal votes. That's going to take a while longer, but it must be done because we cannot have people sitting in our Congress and House or in governorships to which they are not entitled because of the voting machine fraud. So let's talk about uh, the, your court cases that are currently in play. Um, you've actually filed emergency requests to the Supreme Court to decertify the 2020 election results to uh, prevent the electors from, from casting their votes. Uh, in I think I think four states now. Is that yes. can you kind of break that down for me, please? Yes, we filed suits for uh, the process in Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Arizona, because all those were fatally flawed by massive fraud in every manner and means you can think of, but especially insidious and troubling is the machine fraud conducted through the Dominion voting systems. In fact, one of our experts says Dominion fraud was 5% higher votes for Biden across the board everywhere there was a Dominion machine running. And the same was true for other uh, Democrats that were running on the tickets in those states. But, but in, in these four states, you're saying that it was just a whole nother level, is that? Yes, there was an additional level of fraud in those states. And we haven't had time, as you might imagine, to look at all the instances of fraud that need to be investigated. It makes me wonder where in the world is our FBI and our Department of Justice. And I'm frankly very concerned that this entire system was originated likely by the CIA 
and maybe even given to Venezuela years ago or seeded in different places that wound up Venezuela, which started the Smartmatic and Dominion companies. And the only reason they have a Boca Raton address here in the United States is to try to make them seem like a United States company. But they're not. They're owned, run, and were organized and created by Venezuelan dictator Hugo Chavez with his dirty money and the dirty money of the Cuban communists to ensure he had won every election after it was used. One of our witnesses was a direct, firsthand, personal observer of all of that, received the briefings on how it all worked, saw it work in the control room for election after election, and has given us detailed affidavit to explain it all. There's people who say there's no evidence just are lying through their teeth or they're deliberately ignorant or willfully blind to the truth. And frankly, they're part of the problem. I mean, a lot of the people who are saying there's no evidence are part of the problem and know damn well that all this happened and may have even instigated it, benefited from it, paid for it, encouraged it. Um, at this moment, um, you've basically put in these, uh, these emergency requests. Um, at the same time, you know, just mo moments earlier, the Supreme Court decided to not take on this Texas suit. And just tell me about what's your reaction to that? Well, I have a mixed reaction to it. I had some concern over the standing of the states to raise the issues they were raising to begin with. But I thought because it was a suit that the court had original jurisdiction of, the court would and should take it at least to look at it and, and address it more fully than they did. It has no effect on our cases because our plaintiffs are electors who have constitutional standing in, in the electors and elections clause of the constitution. So we will not have standing issues in the four cases that I brought. The court really must address the merits. Another case is also Linwood's case out of Georgia which uh, is still before the court. And another case out of Pennsylvania is also before the court. Uh, there might be a standing issue in one of those, but between the multiple cases that are there right now, someone has to have standing. Uh, so one or more of those cases is going to have to be addressed on their merits or we don't have a Supreme Court. Um, and maybe I'll just get you to clarify for the benefit of our viewership, this idea of standing. I mean, it's essentially that they have the right to bring the case in the first place, but maybe you can explain that a little more. Yes, yeah. to, to bring a case, you have to be a party that suffered an actual injury as a result of the conduct that is being complained of. So for example, the, the court was saying that Texas as a state doesn't have a particular interest, particularly in how other states run their elections. But voters and electors should definitely have standing to raise claims of vote dilution because electors are seated as a result of the vote. In fact, in, in several states, they have the same standing as a candidate would have by state law. They have rights and duties under uh, their state laws, and they have a special mention in the Constitution as being constitutionally required for the process of the Electoral College. So I don't think there's any circumstance under which any court can say an elector that we represent multiple of in multiple states. In fact, Arizona, every single elector in the state joined our suit. So we have standing for all of the claims that we have raised beyond any doubt. 
Fascinating. Now, talking about Georgia, you've actually mentioned that uh, some of the counties didn't actually do a hand recount. Now, can you tell me more about this? Yes, they often ran the same ballots through the same fraudulent <laughs> creating machines, which did absolutely no good whatsoever. They did not look at each ballot and compare the signatures. If we could even get 100,000 ballots of the last 100,000 ballots run in Georgia, for example, we could show by instant mechanical analysis the difference in the ballots and the ink. We know that there were hundreds of thousands of fraudulent ballots imported into the country, likely from China. We have video of some coming across the border from Mexico. There's other information of ballots being shipped from one state to another. In fact, there was a, a postal service driver, I think, who was sent from New York to Pennsylvania in the middle of the night with a truckload of ballots that was then used to, quote, backfill, and quote, the vote count. It's absolutely absurd. We have more evidence coming in today of a massive load of ballots, I think, from Arizona to Georgia. So they have these warehouses of counterfeit ballots in different parts of the country, apparently, and then shipped them in the middle of the night as needed to backfill in the states where President Trump's voters poured out in such great number that they broke the algorithm they had pre-programmed in the computers for Dominion to create the fraud. That's why they had to stop counting in five states. And that's why it's absolutely absurd to say that there wasn't voter fraud here. We have counterfeit ballots. We have dead people voting in by the thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. There were something someone called phantom voters. There were just more manner and means of fraud than any law-abiding American citizen could possibly imagine. It, it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And they were so in our face with it. And then to deny it is purely Machiavellian. Tell me a little more about these four cases. I assume that they're similar, right, in, in nature. Um, I, or I understand they're similar in nature. Um, can you tell me a bit about how, they, how those cases work that are before the Supreme Court now? Well, each case discusses in detail the facts that relate to the state in which it arises from in some specific detail. Um, then we also allege common claims. Uh, it's, for example, the voter dilution and denial of equal protection under the Constitution is one of the claims that we raise in each because every fraudulent ballot destroys the vote of a legal voter. And effectively, what they did with the machine fraud was to, they did everything from injecting massive quantities of votes into the system that they just made up, or running counterfeit ballots through in multiple batches to create the appearance of votes that weren't really there. They trashed votes. They had this thing called an adjudication system where they could program the computer, even by their own manual, they explained this. They can program the computer to reject ballots for any number of reasons. We think that's what the whole Sharpie thing was that happened in Arizona and another state too, where if the vote was cast with a Sharpie, the machine would automatically kick the vote to a, um, an adjudication file, they called it. And then the people running the machines, the computers could simply take that a whole adjudication file that had hundreds of thousands of Trump votes in it and drop it, trash it, or flip it to Biden. And that happened all across the board.
Yeah, and that's very interesting because I, I understand that basically what you found is that larger than expected numbers of these votes would become adjudicated. And when they become adjudicated, that's what creates the potential for changing the votes. Is that, do I understand that's that correctly? That's one of the ways. Yeah. Another way they did it was to shave votes. The machine can weight the ballots. So they can give Biden votes a weight of 1.25 count and Trump votes are reduced to a 0.75 count. So they flip 25% of the votes for Biden automatically. Just every vote count, instead of a vote counting as one, which is all a vote should ever count as. One vote, one man, one vote. That's our standard long-held rule, the way, only way it can work in a democratic republic. And instead, if you voted for Biden, you got a 1.25. If you voted for Trump, you got 0.75. And, and we can see in some of the readouts, that's exactly what happened. You can go back, the mathematicians can go back and figure out the algorithm that was run in, by precinct even. I mean, it's just incredible, right, to, to hear. So, you know, there's all these people out there saying, especially among the corporate media and so forth, look, look, all these lawsuits keep getting thrown out. You know, clearly there's nothing there. How do you respond to people like that? Well, it's very concerning, Jan, because this is obviously not the first time this has happened. It's the first time it's happened on this scale, but I've been given a massive quantity of data from California in 2016 that shows it happened there, that Clinton did the same thing to Bernie Sanders there. And I have a witness who told me that they informed Bernie Sanders of all of it, and instead of outing it, he sold out. So the moneyed interests, the political interests, the global power elites have been doing this all around the world, wherever they wanted to, for at least 15 or 20 years. Our own government has been involved in some of it. It cuts across political lines. There are some Republicans, no doubt, who benefited from it, just as Democrats have. They're all playing the game. I feel more every day like the Matrix movie was real. It's that bad. It's that bad. And she's right. So because I have to pop off. I just wanted to tell you guys everything that she's told you, we knew about in 2019. We talked about it. We talked about how they steal the votes. And yes, Hillary Clinton did do that to Bernie Sanders, Bush, Obama. They all did it to each other. Because remember, if you go back to my show where I told the world I had portions of the DNC server, what did I tell you was on it? That's right. The election meddling software, keys, documents about it, how they deploy it, what countries it's deployed in, how they're going to be pushing it forward, who they need to get on. Just with the emails, when they could see this evil that nobody wants to talk about, these things that, you know, you shouldn't be, uh, you know, thinking about or things like that don't exist. Well, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Things like that, things that go bump in the night exist. The fact that you've been living an illusion, an illusion for so long is true. It sucks to be told that it was just an illusion. But it's better late than never, right? To wake up. Wake up like Sydney said. It almost looks like we're, that the Matrix was real. Only this Matrix is tangible, and maybe you're physically awake, 
physically awake, but your mind is still sleepwalking. So I will tr- I will be hopping on uh, tomorrow, uh, normal normal time. Um, from what I oh maybe eleven to one actually, uh, because I'll be traveling again tomorrow. So <clears throat> I want to wish you guys strength. I want to ask you to pray. Uh, whoever your God may be, in the end, there's one creator. It's never a team of creators. It's one creator. Um, I want you to pray and have faith. And remember that when you walk, you walk in faith and not sight. And everything seems to make sense. Trust your gut. Listen to your president. And hold on to your seat. Because It's about to get super wild. I'm telling you, it's going to get super duper wild. And like General Flynn said, maybe it's time to set the world on fire. I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a 